We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello there, and welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host today, Chris Crawford. Today is Saturday, March 25th, and this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Fantrax. I am joined once again by my good friend and colleague, Ryan Boyer. Ryan, thanks so much for hopping on. Hopping on? Helping on? Hopping on? I didn't really hop, but, you know, <laughs> I'm on I'm on nonetheless. I moseyed into my chair. Moseyed on. Uh, I, I sashayed. Yes. You know. <laughs> all, but I'm good, man. Good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Well. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, I am going to... Be excited to do this episode with you because we are getting so close to the regular season and we kind of saved uh, our least favorites for last, I think, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, but this should be fun. So today's going to be a combo episode. We're going to be previewing the RBI and the stolen base categories, but real quick before that, we're going to kind of skip headlines because this would be a three-hour show if not, but Hayden Wesnecki has been named the fifth starter for the Cubs and I do think there's a chance for some fantasy relevance here. Ryan, is Wesnecki somebody people should be considering in drafts? Absolutely. Um, I think, I can't remember if it was a, one of the podcasts you and I did or I did with Drew, but I know he was my pick for strikeouts, maybe? Whip? Maybe that it was, was Whip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I mean, he's, that slider in particular is just yeah. a like it's got it's almost got like a like a hard a hard curveball break to it it's kind of goes more down and I, I guess it could probably be termed either I, I think it's I think Statcast terms it a terms it a slider but right. yeah that's the unbelievable pitch he's got good control um he th- and he throws pretty hard he can mm-hmm. sit 94ish 95ish so I think there's a lot to like there. The Cubs should be uh, less terrible than they've been the last couple sure. of years. The right. uh, the middle infield defense in, in particular should be better. Although I guess Nico Horner is dealing with a little bit of an injury here. They contend that it's minor, so hopefully that's not a big deal. But yeah, Hayden Wisniewski, I think, I mean, I, he was had already been a target of mine. Um I think his ADP is definitely going to go up now. Yeah, for sure. I think this is somebody, you know, if you're drafting in like a long draft today, this is somebody I think you should be targeting for some starting pitching help. And I think it's worth pointing out too, real quick. He was good last year in a very limited sample with the Cubs, but Mm -hmm. he had a 2.1 ADRA, 0.93 whip. We'll round up to 0.94 actually, because it was 0.939. That's, you know, Hayden. We, we, we hate to hate on you, but we gotta, we gotta do the roundup here, but look, and this was a guy that the Yankees really liked basically had to dig a deal that they probably regret hardcore. Right. I was, now I was getting ready to say, I mean, how badly yeah. would the Yankees like to have him back right now? Oh my goodness gracious. Yes. Maybe, slide maybe probably JP Sears too. They'd probably like to have him back as well. Yeah. You know what? And Ken Waldachuk, uh, all, all three of those oh, guys, yeah. at least, at least one of those guys could be a helper for them right now. But yeah, I yeah. do. I don't expect fantasy fireworks. He's not my starting pitcher one or starting pitcher two, but I do think he's a guy that you have to roster right now. All right. 
So let's get into the steals and the RBI. And let's start with the category where players are actually going to be able to control what happens in that regard. And that is the stolen base category, at least a little bit. Uh, Ryan, I'm not sure if you heard, there's new rules of baseball. How do these new rules change how you prepare for a draft for steals? So, uh, I mean, I think it's going to be like the wild, wild west on the bases this year. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, like I don't – people. most people I feel like are pointing to the bigger bases, which certainly is going to be a factor. I mean, you think about how many bang-bang plays that there are at second base on – on stolen base attempts and maybe even the absurd replays that overturn when a guy's off the base for like a millisecond, maybe the the bigger bases will help them hang on to the base a little longer too. Although that's more like a popping up off the base. So I don't know if that, how much that'll affect it, but sure. uh, But I think the pickoff rule actually is going to be a bigger deal. Um, Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I, I know there's going to be like a lot of psychological games. Okay, if if he's already thrown over once, he doesn't want to throw over again because if he doesn't get me, yeah. then I, I can just take off, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's going to be a lot of psychological games going back and forth. But, you know, I think that they're going to definitely take advantage of that, the runners, for sure. Um, so you're going to see – I forget who I think maybe Jason Collette tweeted out something recently about how much uh, stolen bases have gone up during spring training. Um, And it's been definitely significant. Uh, That's, I don't know how much you can, you can draw on just the spring training factor, but I do think it's going to be a huge difference, which I mean, and that's, that's baseball's goal. So I think it is going to have the, the desired effect and I think it'll be fun. Um, but as far as fantasy terms go, I think there's less of a, you should have less of an emphasis early ra- in the early rounds. I mean, if you can get a Ronald Acuna, which that's very where you are in your draft dependent, um, but that's great if you can get a guy that has power and speed. But I, I think just going for like a bopper early is fine because I think there's going to be stolen bases are going to be so plentiful. You're going to have lots of guys who are used to stealing three, four bases that are going to be stealing 10, 12. You're going to have guys that were stealing 20 or going to steal 40. I don't know if we're going to get. I mean, what what do you think is going to be like the league leader in stolen bases this year? John Birdie led the league with uh, 41 mm-hmm. in 2022. I mean, are we going to some, see somebody get to 60? I think there's a pretty good possibility of that happening. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, that depends on health too, obviously. Sure. Got to sure. stay healthy for a full season to steal 60 bases, even if you're uh, – even if it is the wild, wild west, like I think it might be, but yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It will be fun. That for sure. And I love the stolen base. And that's for those of you who have followed me on Twitter for a long time, I can only apologize. And also mm-hmm. know that the one thing that I have said is that like, if you want to improve the pace of play of baseball, it's not about the pitching changes. It's not about, um, you know, stuff like that. It's about the fact that there is nothing more interesting than watching a guy throw over to first base 37 flipping times. There is no (laughs) excitement that comes from that. And not only do you eliminate one of the most unexciting things about baseball, you're adding, in my personal opinion, the most exciting thing. I love homers as much as anybody, but the stolen base to me is the most exciting play in baseball. It's a quick thing. It's a challenge thing. It's your best against my best. I love the stolen base. So I love it from that point. But I think you make a good point for fantasy and the fact that like you no longer have to be an early targeter for this stuff. Now, a lot of those guys that were early targets, like you said, Julio Rodriguez, Ronald Acuna, those guys are early targets and the stolen bases are added benefits, probably not quite the right term for it, but it's you're getting four categories from those guys anyway. 
I think this is going to be really interesting to see. And I think there's some real sleepers now that become a little more fantasy relevant. Um, and I would say too, I'll guess 55 is to stolen base. And we'll come back to this uh, at some point and take a look and see how close we are. But I'm going to say 55 and it's going to be from somebody like Esteri Ruiz or maybe even like a Bobby Wood Ooh. Jr. Who I think Spoil spoiler to. alert, Esteri Ruiz. Yes. Sorry about that. So let's talk about um, some sleeper categories. And Ryan, I'm going to make you go out of order because I just mentioned him. Why don't you talk to me about Asturio Ruiz and being a chance at a steel sleeper? Yeah, I, I don't even know if like we can call him sleeper from the perspective of like where he's going Great. in drafts. Yeah. But everybody... Yeah. I think most people expect that this is guy. This guy is going to be stealing a lot of bases. I mean, sure. I believe yesterday he was officially told he's going to be on the opening day roster. Correct. He's had a great spring. Um, going into action yesterday, eight seventy nine OPS. He has more walks than strikeouts. Six for seven in the stolen base department this spring. Um, Eighty five. Stolen bases in the minors last year. No, yeah. not 58. <laughs> 85. The eight before the five. Not a typo. This is not this is not Vince Coleman. This is not Ricky Henderson. We're talking about this is a story Ruiz. This is not Essex <laughs> Sneed. There's a there's a good reference for you. Remember Essex Sneed? He's still like the 90 yeah. bases. Anyway, uh, I digress. But Astoria Ruiz is, <laughs> you know, and these the 85 stolen bases that he got last year in the minors, these are the same rules he's going to be playing under in the majors this right. year. I'm not yeah. expecting 85 stolen bases, um, but you know he's going to bat at the bottom of the lineup probably. Um, right. So not going to get a ton of plate appearances, but I think his job is pretty secure. secure. I don't. Yeah. I think I think the A's are probably done with Christian Pache. Um, mm. You know. And they're the A's. I don't know if you've seen the A's lineup, but it doesn't resemble a major league lineup. They're no. going to have to do whatever they can to manufacture runs. So if you have a guy who could potentially be a league leader in stolen bases, I think he's going to get the green light nonstop. Um, I have questions about the hit tool, about yeah. like, I. You know, his numbers offensively were immaculate last year, but we're also talking about the PCL. Um, right. And I know in particular his exit velocities were like really, really bad. So yes. I don't know that he's going to be – I mean, he could be like like Jorge Mateo, like offensively what he did last year. It could be sure. similar to that. I think there's a little more upside there. Um it's not a great ballpark, but like I mentioned, playing for the A's, like he's he's going to have the green light when he gets on base. Um, so I think Asturi Ruiz, as late as he's going in drafts, um, I don't know how much else he's going to offer. Right. But I feel very good about him getting a lot of stolen bases. Yes. I, I think he's one of those guys, too, that it's like he's only going to have to get on four or five times a week in order for him to help you in that stolen base category. Right. Cause he has such good speed and he reads pitchers well too, which is an important thing. Um, my sleeper is, and I, again, I love the Asturio Ruiz. It's why I brought it up in the open topic and I'll have to be admit here. Ryan came up with all five of these and I just stole two of them because he did such a good job with picking this stuff. But Thief. I have been a big fan. Yes, I am absolutely a thief, and I will pay for my crimes at some point in my life. <laughs> Garrett Mitchell is the guy that uh, Ryan picked that I wanted to talk about. I really like his opportunity here, and he is a guy with plus-plus speed. I also really like his hit tool. I think he is a guy who has a chance to contribute in a couple of categories. I think he more than held his own in a very small sample with Milwaukee, but I do think he's going to get quite a bit of playing time. That's the one concern I guess I have is that they have a few young outfielders like Sal Frelick, like Joey Weimer, who, by the way, both of those guys 
could run and have a chance to contribute in that stolen base category too. It's definitely guys to be taking a look at the very end of drafts, especially like in NL only formats. But I think Garrett Mitchell's going to hit for average. And I think once he's on, he's a good bet to have like a 30 to 35 stolen base rate. And certainly a guy who I think could benefit from these rules. Absolutely. Love Garrett Mitchell was, has been one of my favorite outfielder four, outfielder five targets. I don't know if, if you're playing in a three outfielder league, he's fairly borderline. But I mean, if yeah. you're in that deeper five outfielder league, he's just a great guy to target at that point. Absolutely. In the draft, like you mentioned, eight for eight in stolen bases last year during his time in the majors. So far in pro ball, he's gone 42 for 45 in stolen base That'll attempts. Work. Yeah. Uh, and Statcast puts him in the 99th percentile in sprint speed. Um, I mean, he's, as you mentioned, I think he ha- he does have the potential to contribute in more than just stolen bases. I mean, uh, you as a, as a prospect hound know that it's, I mean, he's got, has always been viewed as having like five category potential. Uh, he has the power. He just hasn't necessarily had the swing path to generate, get, take advantage of that. Although I believe he has four home runs this spring. So, so this is nice. Maybe to see. we'll, yeah. Yeah. So he's a potential to do a lot more than just stolen bases, but I think the stolen base aspect is a very a very safe bet with Garrett Mitchell. Um, one other guy I have in my in mind. Uh, so Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario um, has never been a big stolen base guy at the major league level. I think he could be the kind of guy that could really benefit from these new rules. Um, 96th percentile in sprint speed last season. He's never been lower than the 92nd percentile in sprint speed during his time in the majors. Um, during his time with the Guardians, he's had an 89% stolen base success rate. He's in his walk year um, trying to pad those stats. He wants to get paid next offseason. You know, a lot of this, a lot of the time with these guys with stolen bases, it's comes down to motivation. Like, do I want to try to steal bases? And it, he, especially with these new rules in effect, a guy that's that fast, a guy that's been efficient the last couple of years, I think he could really take advantage of these new rules. And he has the motivation, I think, in a walk year. Um, so I think Ahmed Rosario could go from being a 15 to 20 steel guy to being 30 plus. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. And certainly a guy, you know, it's funny. We talked about Christian Pache. I think he might've been a, a example of that. If he had any semblance of offensive ability at this point, you just can't <laughs> count on him. But I think he would have been that type of guy who could benefit it from a guy who has put up ridiculous sprint speed totals and has obviously had plus plus speed and you watch him play defense you know how fast he is but Amad Rosario is another type of guy you watch him go first to third he's as fast as any player in baseball I think he is a guy too I I wish he would get uh, the the patience at the plate sometimes can really scare me his approach is sometimes uh lack thereof but at the same time stings the baseball gets on enough to contribute in that category I want to talk about C.J. Abrams, and it would have been somebody I brought up whether Ryan listed him or not because I have been a big Abrams fan since he was a high schooler, which feels like it was 14 years ago, but it was actually only about two or three. What a ridiculous draft class that is becoming, by the way, Ryan. Just an unbelievable talent at the top. And no, Abrams was not good last year. And, and not good is kind of an understatement. And I am concerned about him hitting at the bottom of the second worst lineup in baseball behind the A's, who we just talked about. I think that's probably right. Probably second. There may be a lineup that I'm not thinking of. I can't think of anything too much worse. And I don't really want to think of anything too much worse because thinking of things worse than Oakland and Washington, why would you want to do that to yourself? But I do think C.J. Abrams is going to be a guy who contributes in the stolen base category throughout his career. He flies. He has elite speed. And I think it's worth pointing out, too, that, yeah, he struggled last year, but he did show some flashes, especially towards the end of the year, especially, especially, especially after the trade to Washington for that Juan Soto guy who, no, I don't think is going to be a huge stolen base guy, but maybe he does a run a little bit. 
CJ Abrams can run and he has shown a plus hit tool. And I think what he did last year was impressive considering he missed significant time at the end of 2021 with a brutal injury, brutal, brutal injury and had never played at the upper levels. So the fact he had any success whatsoever is a major compliment to CJ Abrams. No, I don't think he's going to hit 300 or hit 25 home runs or anything like that this year. But I think he could be like a 260, 270 guy. And I think he can be in that 35 to 40 stolen base rate. And I will certainly take that from my middle infielder or a guy that I have on my bench. Sure. Yeah, I think the uh, lack of experience is probably something that we, something with Abrams in particular that we, don't take into consideration enough. I mean, he had the the lost season in 2020 and then the injured, he was injured in 2021. That's a great point too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was, that's was quite a jump um, to go to the majors. And as you mentioned, kind of finished with a flourish there in the last month for the, for the nationals. And I don't know that I would be so quick to write him off as a, batting at the bottom of the order either. I mean, they've kind of flirted with the idea of putting him at leadoff. Uh, he's right. battled leadoff a little bit this spring. Um, by the way, going into action yesterday, four for four on the bases and stolen base attempts nice. so far this spring. And even if he starts at the bottom, I mean, if he hits, is Lane Thomas going to block him from going to the top of the order? Probably not. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like, CJ CJ Abrams is a stolen base source and you know as his tools have always been talked up so I think there's potential for for more than that as well um speaking of tools another guy that has them is Ezekiel Tovar I saw you uh tweeting about this guy's defense the other day and that's that's part of the reason why um I'm a fan for him, for a fan for his potential stolen base outlook because I don't know that I don't have a ton of confidence in his offense right now, um, but the ability to pick it as well as he can at shortstop is going to keep him in the lineup every day. Um, And even if he's not a ready-made product offensively, He's going to get that course field boost. So, absolutely. You know, yeah. 17 stolen bases in, 20, in 71, just 71 minor league games last year. Uh, 24 stolen bases in 2021. He also had the, a, six, a 387 OBP in 2022. He's not um, your classic burner like some of these other guys we've been talking about, but no. Good speed, above average speed, and lauded for his instincts on the bases. I think he's a guy who could take advantage of of these rules as well. Um, so Ezekiel Tovar, I, I don't know that he's a, as much of a threat as some of these other guys to do like a to be like a forty stolen base guy, but I could see him being twenty to twenty five very easily, along with double digit home runs and. As I mentioned, even if he's not quite ready to hit his peak offensively, he's going to have the course field boost. So I think he's kind of a nice, uh, sneaky little late late round target. I love Tovar. I, I think he's a better real life player than he is a fantasy player. But I think there is sure. fantasy relevance in that. This is not Angelton Simmons, and you know Angelton Simmons had a couple of years where he wasn't completely useless in fantasy baseball. But Tovar has a much better hit tool, and I do think he can run. Uh, he can at least give you that 15 to 20 stolen bases, I think. And if I can get that from him, while well, a guy that I think with his bat to ball skills can hit for a pretty darn high average. And again, course field, I talked about it with the podcast when I went on with the folks at DNVR, the ball carries there. <laughs> I'm not sure if people have talked about this, but there does tend to be something to the course field effect. I do think he's going to be a fantasy guy. I went out on a limb and I said, I think Tovar has a chance to be a top 15 shortstop. I think that might be pretty hot take, but I really do like his skill set quite a bit. Oh, Chris, did we lose you, buddy? Cutting in and out. Well, 
while Chris tries to get his uh, internet back and up and running, I will go ahead and move on to some stolen base fades. Um, so we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, it's going as to be running off a lot. Um, I think you have to fade Starling this category. You were cutting. You were cutting in and out. I don't know if you can hear me, but oh, I think. All right. I think we lost. Oh, Ryan, you back? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. You're cutting. You're cutting in and out. I was. I was. <laughs> I don't know if we overlap there. Both. Both talking, but I don't know if we could hear each other. But yeah, I was. I was trying to go in, in on John Birdie, and it sounded like you were talking about. Uh, about Starling Marte. So, did you get did you get through with your uh, Marte spiel? And now I don't hear Chris again. I'm going to go ahead and move on to John Birdie then, and we'll see if uh, I don't know if I, I don't think my internet is the one that's acting up. I think it's Chris's. He's he's kind of going in and out for me. There we go. Now it's just me. Hey hey guys. So John Birdie, we talked about earlier, led the league in stolen bases with 41 in 2022. Um, he's always had elite speed. He's always shown the ability to steal that kind of, to reach that kind of stolen base total. Um, my problem with him is potential playing time issues. As it stands right now, he does not have a set spot necessarily in the Marlins lineup. I mean, because he is able to move around so much and handle different positions, that allows him to Hey, Chris is back. Chris is back. Sorry about that, everybody. The uh the internet connection did here. Get, Go ahead. Did you get did you get a snow uh hitting your uh Nope, it can't be blamed on it can't be blamed on snow this time. It can be blamed on living somewhere far away from civilization. Uh, 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 anyway, what who are we talking about? And uh, I, I was in the middle of John Birdie. I'll, I'll go ahead and oh, finish great. Birdie, and then yeah, yeah uh, we can if you want to if you want to backpedal and you can yeah, hit up. Go ahead, uh, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So as I was saying, John Birdie. Not I'm not confident in the playing time um he is doesn't have a set starting job versatile enough to move around and be the quote-unquote everyday player without an everyday spot um but you know he's had some injury issues in the past of his 41 stolen bases he had 18 in june last year just the absurd absurd number Um, And then from July on, he just had 19, which is not a bad number, but considering it's basically the same as he had in that one month. And from July on, he also had a 581 OPS. So I don't know if you guys are aware, but John Birdie can't really hit very well. No. (laughs) John Birdie can run. Yes. But, you know, I just worry that the playing time is not going to be there. And yeah. You know, if it's not there, he's going to need he's going to need to be in the lineup a lot to be able to uh, contribute significantly in the stolen base category. And if he's not giving you a lot of stolen bases, he's going to give you absolutely nothing. Yeah, and that would be my one concern. Like calling him a one category player is like the understatement of understatements, right? Like there's just there's just no chance that he's going to help you anywhere else i i hope i'm wrong i hope john birdie ends up hitting 330 and we and we look foolish for this but there's just so little offensive upside with his game outside of stolen bases and real quick for those of you who missed me saying starling Marte, uh, the reason i'm fading him is because of injuries there there's no doubt that the mets have to keep him healthy i just don't see a path to him being a 40 steel guy, which might be what you would need to justify to take him in the first couple of rounds. 
I like Starling Marte. I think he's going to help the Mets more than he's going to help, not necessarily help fantasy teams more, but I do think you have to fade him a little bit in stolen base stuff. And I think you also have to do this with Jorge Mateo of the Baltimore Orioles. Similar reasons for John Birdie. And I think the fact that, you know, the fact that he's going to be at shortstop is great. I just don't know about the fact that him contributing in any other categories. I would imagine that the Orioles aren't, if they're hitting him at the top of the lineup, they're making a mistake. I imagine that you're going to be seeing him hit at the very bottom. It's a similar profile to Birdie, I think, whereas he's a little bit better, I think, in the average tool than Birdie would be, but not enough for me to justify taking him unless I am basically desperate for stolen bases. Sure. Um, I mean, he does – he graded out really well defensively at shortstop last he's year. So yeah. he could have a little bit of job security from that perspective. But, you know, Gunnar Henderson, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He can also yeah. play shortstop. Yeah. Um, the Orioles have kind of a glut of infielders that it's not, I mean, Henderson is going to be playing every day regardless. Yeah. yeah. Um, the plan seems to be to play him at third base more days than not, but he's also capable of playing shortstop. He's played some second base. Um, but, you know, a, a guy who's kind of been squeezed out of playing time is Ramon Urias, who actually won a gold glove at third base last year. Yeah. And while he's not the stolen base threat, is a much better hitter than Jorge Mateo. So I could easily see them going to an alignment of Ramon Urias at third base, Gunnar Henderson at shortstop, Fair. Um, and Jorge Mateo, pinch runner extraordinaire, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think the long-term security for his role is there. And Fair. like is the case with John Birdie, he's going to need to steal those bases. Otherwise, he's going to be – basically useful useless i should say in fantasy um another guy i'm worried about from a bottom out potential i feel like i'm kind of picking on adolis garcia because another podcast that we did i think i (laughs) i picked him as a bust in maybe home runs and not that i didn't believe in his power um but I just think he could has the potential to lose his job just because he's not that good. Um, but from a getting back to a stolen base perspective, uh, Adolis Garcia's sprint speed dropped to the 65th percentile last year. He's not young. I believe he's 30. I mean, he's yeah. fairly new to the majors, so it, it seems like he should be younger than he actually is. You know, a guy... Re- reaching his thirties sprint speed and decline horrendous plate discipline. Yeah. The Rangers are spending money. They're trying to win. Um, I could see Adolis Garcia losing his job. Um, I think ultimately he's probably going to be, the odds are he's probably going to be okay from a fantasy perspective, but his draft day cost has gone to a point where I'm not comfortable paying that rate. And I think the stolen bases, obviously that's part of his, a big part of his game from his fantasy appeal perspective. So there's bottom out potential with Adolis Garcia. I think he could be, it's, it's a non-zero possibility. He's DFA'd at some point this year. Probably won't happen, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I guess that's a certainly – I think we disagree a little bit on this guy just because I do think people underrate how good he is when he does make contact with the baseball. And I can't help but remember how good he was mostly, especially in the second half of the season. But I do think you make a great point about the age. And his plate discipline is just dreadful, 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 dreadful. If I'm drafting Garcia, I'm not – I want a bunch of stability around it so that I can afford what happens to him if something like that does happen. I will say just quickly in a point of his favor to the Rangers outfield depth is horrible. It's a real, yeah. I don't know where necessarily they would turn, 
Yeah. Um, unless they want to give uh, what's the what's the Owen was it Owen White? Owen Oh, Evan Carter. Uh, Evan Carter. Owen White and Evan Carter. Carter. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe they could dip down and bring up a, a top prospect, but that is working in Adolis Garcia's favor. But sure, I just you know I don't love the profile, so I could yeah. see some bottom out potential there. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out he was a St. Louis Cardinal, and you're just very, very upset about what's happened to him. <laughs> um, the uh, the real quick before we get into our RBI category, uh, Josh Rojas, a, a guy that I think I don't mind having him on my bench, and he did steal 23 bases last year, but I'm kind of fading him. He's hard contact percentage was way towards the bottom. He was w- among the worst in baseball and barrel percentage. If you get some stolen bases from him and he's your backup second base, third base option, cool. And I do. He's the opposite of Adoles Garcia. He has an excellent approach to the plate. He was in the 96th percentile and chase rate. Doesn't strike out very much. But if we're talking stolen bases, I don't think 23 is a reasonable thing to expect from him. And I kind of wonder, too, if he's going to be a guy who is – I think he's going to get a chance to play, but I wonder if Arizona's going to be a little more – I don't know what the right term here is. If if Josh Rojas isn't playing well, I think they're going to turn to some young guys and look some other other places. He was a guy I really liked coming into 2022. Not so much a guy that I'm liking in 2023. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will take a look at that RBI category with some players who could help and also maybe disappoint in 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The fantasy baseball season is underway and there's no better place to play than underdog fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, underdog has MLB best ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you're doing is joining a contest drafting your team, and that is it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is very simple. You go to underdogfantasy.com, you sign up with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo card RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. And if you're looking for a place to customize your fantasy league and play a variety of formats, we cannot recommend Fantrax enough. Create the scoring system that you want to play with. Waivers, 
categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solution for all that and more, and it's all free. I am in several Fantrax leagues, just finished drafting in some, still drafting in others. I'm going to be starting a couple more. The ease of play is second to none, whether you're playing Redraft, Dynasty Keeper, or any other format. If you sign up free today, you'll be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All Fantrax users will also be entered into their MLB Game Day Experience giveaway, which includes free tickets and $1,000 for travel and accommodations for you and your league mates. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. All right, so let's talk about the RBI. And do we I have to? Love this. I, we do, we do. And it's the reason why it's, it's just such a stat that you have absolutely no control over. And I guess once you draft your fantasy team, you don't have control over most of this stuff. As much as I would love to be able to call some of these guys and say, dude, Second and third, I really need you to get that RBI in. I, I know what the advanced metrics say, that you shouldn't be uh, looking for the sack fly, but the sack fly would really help me in this category. I'd love to be able to call people and do that. I can't. So, But I do think there are some guys who are undervalued in this category and some guys who I think could disappoint, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing the show. I want to start off with a guy that I talked about it on Twitter Anthony Rendon is such an underrated fantasy option right now. And I get it. He has not been good the last two years and he has not been good and also not available, which is a bad combination. But we are just a couple years removed, Ryan, from this guy being one of the best players, not just third baseman, players in baseball. And he's looked really good this spring. And look, spring training, yada, yada, yada. I think it matters with guys with Rendon. The fact that they are looking spry and people talk about him like he's 37, 38. He's not close to that. There is still, I think, life left in Anthony Rendon's bat. And the fact that he's being drafted sometimes as like the 22nd or 23rd third baseman to me is nuts. I think Anthony Rendon has a chance to barely be a contributor in this category. 100%. And I, I agree with you that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of noise when it comes to spring training stats, but yes, one thing you can take away, especially with a guy who's been as injured as much as Anthony Rendon has been. Um, he, he, he also not only is healthy now, he was able to have a normal off season, I think for the first time in what, three years or whatever. And that's a big thing for players. Um, like he's able to go through his normal routine and obviously he's, he's just look, he's looked fantastic this spring, especially at third base, which is not a good position in fantasy. Um, Like he, his, his ADP is creeping up, but at last check, um, if you go by the uh, fantasy pros ADP consensus, which collects ADP data from various sites, Anthony Rendon's still going outside the top 200, which still seems awfully late. Yeah. Um, he's going to be batting cleanup behind Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, and Shohei Otani. Heard of him. That's that's going to be a great spot to be in. Um, yeah. And he's he's a proven RBI guy. I, I, I know we we you just got done talking about how that's a a stat that's not easy to predict but you know the best you can do is pick guys not only that are good obviously but Mm -hmm. are in a good spot in the lineup um in a good lineup period and you know anthony renown makes a lot of contact too like he doesn't strike out much at all for a, a guy who hits for power so those guys tend to drive in runs when they're given the opportunity to do so. So love Anthony Rendon. Love that call. Um, another guy I really like from an RBI perspective is Andrew Vaughn. Mm. Um, I think there's something to be said for him playing first base full-time this year. Interesting. He's not an outfielder. No. He was tried in the outfield. It did not, no. not go well. No, nope. I can't imagine that that didn't 
like he basically learned to play the outfield in the majors. Not basically, he did learn to play yes. the outfield in the majors. And with so much focus on that, I think it it had to have affected him offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, him going to first base full time, I think, is going to be great for his not only the White Sox because they'll have a better defender in the outfield as long as they don't put Aloy Jimenez out there. Sure. Uh, but I think going to full first base full time is going to be very good for him. Ninetieth um, percentile on a hard hit rate last okay. year. 82nd percentile on exit velocity and max exit velocity. Uh, the contact rate I mentioned with Anthony Rendon, uh, Andrew Vaughn makes a lot of contact too for a guy who can hit for power. Um, sure. Strikeout rate was well below 20% last year. You know, he could start the year batting like sixth maybe, but mm-hmm. I think there's definitely potential for him to move up. I mean, Andrew Benintendi, I know they just gave him a big contract for hashtag reasons, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I think he could move down, you know. Sure. There's a potential for him to move up to like the cleanup spot, I think, if he gets off to a good start. And, you know, if that happens, then there's guys like Tim Anderson, Luis Roberts batting in front of him. Sure. Not guys that – they're not OBP gods, but – uh, they could get on base enough to to give him RBI opportunities, and I, I think Andrew Vaughn is just a good hitter. I think he's yeah. got some some breakout potential. Me too. Yeah, I think he was actually super underrated for what he did last year, especially after you know struggling in twenty twenty. Or ex- that the fact that he had so little experience again, it's similar to what we were talking about earlier with Abrams, the fact that he showed any success with that little experience in minor league baseball is something. My one concern here is the fact that, and I'll talk about one of these guys in a little bit, is the fact that I think one of the reasons he might be able to hit cleanup is the guys who hit in front of him cannot stay on the baseball field. So that is one concern that I think I have with Andrew Vaughn in terms of RBI. But I do think he does have a chance to move up in the order. And even hitting sixth, I think he could be in that 90 to 95 if those guys can stay healthy. Speaking of cleanup, Masataka Yoshida is going to be hitting cleanup against right-handed pitching and maybe against left-handers as well. We'll see what happens there. But I was so impressed with what he did in the WBC. Bring back the WBC, by the way. I would so much rather be watching that than these (laughs) end of Arizona games. I am so, so sad that I don't get to watch more of it. What a tournament. But he was one of the most impressive players during it. And I think the fact that he's hitting fourth and going to be hitting behind a guy like Raphael Devers is going to give him a ton of RBI chances. And he might be that rare guy who only hits 15 to 20 home runs, who can still drive in a bunch of runs because he's going to hit doubles. He's going to hit for a solid average. And the fact that the guys who are hitting ahead of him, you know, Justin Turner is not somebody that I love for fantasy, but I do think he can at least still get on base at a solid rate. And Raphael Devers is one of the best players in baseball. I think Yoshida has a chance to be a big time contributor in the RBI category. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, And I would add, Tristan Casas to that as well. I, Chris, Ca, Tristan Casas and Alex Verdugo. It sounds like they're going to kind of, kind of mix and match um, in the leadoff spot against mm. righties. Both of those right. guys, I think, have a potential to get on base at a good clip. Sure. So yeah, he's going to have RBI opportunities. You know, I think most of us assumed when the Red Sox signed him that they would probably stick him at leadoff. He's got kind of the profile of more of a leadoff hitter, but right. They seem committed to him in the in the cleanup spot, um, and for that reason, you know he's going to have RBI opportunities. Like you mentioned in the WBC, uh, he had a twelve fifty eight OPS, a couple home runs, and World Baseball Classic play looked fantastic. Um, really like the Yoshida call. Another guy who kind of had a already had a breakout last year is Rowdy Telez. Um. I like him to continue that and maybe even take another step forward in 2023. He's going to bat third behind Christian Yelich and Willie Adamas. Um, say what you will about Christian Yelich, you know, not being able to recapture his MVP form, but even it is diminished, I guess you could say state. He's still a great OBP guy. He's going to get on base in front of Telez. Uh, last year, Telez had an 
was ranked in the 86th percentile in exit velocity, 98th percentile in max exit velo. The shift, I think he could be a, a guy to greatly benefit from the institution of the the, the shift ban. Um, so let me read these notes. I have I'm having trouble reading them. <laughs> the, oh, he went to the opposite field, the second lowest number of times for guys with minimum 200 batted balls last year. So the guy pulls it a lot. He's basically the epitome of, um, you know, stand wherever you want. I'm going to do my thing. Uh, and now they cannot shift against them. So those balls, you know, I mentioned the exit velocity, the max exit velo, those balls he pulls to the right side, those balls should get through now. Um, I think he has the potential to, I I believe he hit 219, something like that last year. I I think he could easily hit 260. Mm. Um, That's going to create plenty of more RBI opportunities. And Telez was a lot better against righties last year, but prior to that, he didn't really have any platoon issues. So I don't think he's necessarily a guy that's going to be benched regularly against lefties. Um, the Brewers do have some other options to play first base against lefties, although it doesn't sound like Keston Hero is going to be one of them. Um, but I do think Telez could still get some run against lefties as well. So that's going to help keep up those counting stats. The more opportunities he gets, um, you know, the breakout he had last year, I believe in, I think he could take another, another step forward. I think here it's interesting that you bring him up because I was just thinking earlier this morning, how many dudes could the Brewers trade to the Phillies who make an awful lot of sense as a replacement for Reese Hoskins? And yeah. I think Hira and Luke Voigt, who apparently has changed his opt-out date again, both are guys who could make sense in that category. Just something that came to my mind as you were talking about that stuff. I think Hira would make a lot of sense for Philadelphia. I like Telez. I do worry about the fact that they he is so pull heavy and they're still going to be a way to look, it's it's they're limiting the shift. I still think there are going to be opportunities here, unfortunately, where they're going to be line drives that get caught here. But like you said, Christian Yelich gets on base with the best of them. So I do think that there are definitely drove in 89 runs last year. I don't see why he can't be in that triple digits next year. And I want to close with my good friend, Big Dumper, Mr. Cal Rally, because I am all in on him this year. I think Cal Rally is going to be a guy who hits in the middle of a Seattle order. That's going to be pretty good. Get a chance to drive in Julio Rodriguez, Colton Wong against right-handed pitching. I think, Ryan, you're well aware that left-handers is going to be a bit of a struggle for the young man. And T. Oscar Hernandez and sometimes the A. Eugenio Suarez as well. Plenty of chances for RBIs there. He was excellent in the second half of the season. He's a big reason why Seattle was able to break that postseason run. And mostly I just like saying Big Dumper. The fact that I can say Big Dumper on a podcast is just an unbelievable treat. Um, I But the talent is so underrated here. I think he's going to end up finishing as like a top seven catcher. I, I know the average concerns. I know he strikes out an awful lot. But I know he's going to contribute in the power category and in turn I think he's going to be a big RBI guy. Ryan, I'm not even going to give you a chance to dispute that. Uh, let's talk about some fades. And Ryan, I think a lot of times what we're talking about with RBI fades here are guys who are going to be hitting at the top of the order. So let's talk about one who's going to be hitting, if not at the top of the order, pretty close to it, uh, that signed a pretty big contract in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Just full transparency before we get into these RBI fades. I hate I hate this section. <laughs> uh, me too. It's the yeah, like I, I don't, I don't, in this short time of doing it. <laughs> like we have to do this for fantasy purposes. We all it's part of the gig, but you yeah. know it just feels like we're like bashing these guys who we actually like. I think yeah. Yeah. 100%. Legitimately like we probably like all of these guys that we're going to be talking 100%. about billion percent it's just (laughs) i mean with rbi i kind of alluded to earlier and we've talked about it it's just the best you can do is you know you want guys that are in a good spot in the lineup and guys that are in good lineups period um so you know 
Yeah. So you you mentioned him earlier in those uncertain terms, but I'm, Trey Turner is who I'm going to be talking about. I love Trey Turner. We all love Trey Turner. He just went nuts in the WBC. Yeah. I think he's going to have a great year. However, he had 100 RBIs in 2022 while batting third predominantly for the Dodgers. He'd never driven in seven more than 77 prior to that as mainly a leadoff hitter during his time with the Nationals. He's going to be back to hitting leadoff for the Phillies. And the Phillies lineup, while good, less good mm-hmm. now that Reese Hoskins is hurt, but right. they don't really have, especially with Bryce Harper out and Reese Hoskins done for the yep. year, Right, they don't have a lot of good OBP guys. Uh, Kyle Schwarber walks a lot, but he's sits for such a low average that he doesn't get on base a ton, especially towards the bottom of that lineup. Um, and that's the guys that are going to be getting on or not getting on ahead of Trey Turner. I mean, he could, he's so good that he could still drive in 70 runs. Yeah. But I mean, he might drive in 62 runs and still be very good. Yeah, I fully expect that to happen. But it, we're just talking about strictly RBIs here, and a guy who had 100 RBIs for the first time in his career last year, he could easily see a huge drop through largely no fault of his own. But that's just the situation he's in. So again, long story short, Ryan hates Trey Turner. Uh, yeah, just- I am going to go with another guy that. It's just so easy to hate in Michael Trout. Uh, <laughs> I We talked about it earlier. I am not buying in on – it's amazing that I just forgot his name. Who the heck is hitting at the top of that? Taylor, Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward. Uh, who I kept wanting to call him Turner Ward, and I knew that wasn't right, but I certainly wasn't Car- giving the name Taylor. Cardinals, Cardinals hitting coach, Turner Ward. Yes. Turner Ward. He's a good player. Michael Trout is a very, 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 very good player. But I don't know if he's going to have a ton of RBI chances because I don't like – I like the middle of the uh, Los Angeles order a lot. And if Mike Trout was hitting behind Shohei Otani or if he was hitting behind Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon, I'd love him as a chance to drive in a ton of runs. But he's not going to be doing that. He's going to be hitting behind Taylor Ward. And some not so good guys at the back end of that thing. The the depth of the lineup for Los Angeles is just not very good. So I can see Mike Trout being a type of guy who hits 40 home runs and only drives in like 90. That's certainly going to help you. But if you expect Mike Trout to be among the RBI leaders, and that's why you're drafting him, some people still taking Trout in the first round, I think is kind of silly. I And again, I love Mike Trout. I love him to death. I, I don't know why Ryan hates Trey Turner, but I love Mike Trout. There's no way anyone can take anything else away from that category. But I'm not sure if he's a great RBI play for 2023. <sighs> you're on you're on an island with this with this take. I think, at least mm. from my perspective, I think he's going to be fine RBI wise. I will say, um, you know, we have to keep the injury stuff. In the back of our mind with Mike Trout. You know, I think there was a lot of uh, doomsday uh, scenarios happening when the back issue came up last year, but then he came back and was fine. I'm not so much worried about that, but he has – he's missed a lot of time with injuries, Um, calf stuff, uh, other things. So that is something to keep in mind. I'm more of a Taylor Ward believer than you are, I think. Um, So I think they're going to be – a good amount of RBI opportunities there. Not he's not going to drive in 120 if he bats second all year. Um, but I think he could still reach reach triple digits. Um by the way, real quick, that is a stat that he has only reached once since 2016. Yeah, 72, you, you 79, and your, 104, you your, 46, 18, you and your math. 80. Yeah, I'm just telling you, this uh, is the thing is the fact that hitting second is a great thing for him to score a bunch of runs and help in that category, but he has not been a great RBI guy. Get out of here. For reasons that are not his fault. Uh, Get out of here with your facts. 
Get out of here with your facts. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me a guy. Of, yeah, yeah. Speaking of batting second, yes. Um, a guy who's also supposed to bat, bat second and who is not nearly as good as Mike Trout is that's that's Dansby Swanson. <laughs> that's fair to say. Um, looks like he's going to be batting second behind Nico Horner, who is not a great OBP guy. Nope. Um, the bottom of that Cubs lineup. Not going to be good, probably. Yep. You know, Dansby Swanson, I believe he drove in 96 runs last year for the Braves in his walk year. I do. I know it's more of a thing that you can't necessarily quantify very well, but I do think there's something to a new guy in his first year of a big contract in a new place. I think those guys do tend to struggle often, um, maybe pressing to try to make that contract look good. And I will point out that Danzy Swanson going into yesterday is two for 34 so far this spring. Yeah. Um, And just in general, I'm just not like, I think he's a good hitter. I Mm -hmm. do not think he's a great hitter. Um, His career OPS plus is like 99, which means below average. Yep. Um, So good, not great hitter. I have questions about his uh, supporting cast, um, and I think he could potentially be a guy who would press in his new digs. So, you know, I think Nancy Swanson will probably be perfectly fine from a fantasy perspective, but he might drive in 68 runs this year. That would not surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all. And it's, again, partially because of the fact that what's hitting in front of him is just not – all that appetizing, whereas where he was with Atlanta, there was an awful lot to like about what he was getting a chance to drive in. Major difference for him. Going to provide plenty of real-life value with that defense. And, you know, I think he's going to hit some homers and get a chance to drive himself in quite a bit. But I'm not in love with him in that category either. And just real quickly, we'll end with, like, guys like Mookie Betts and Luis Robert, it's the same scenario that we're talking about a little bit with Mike Trout and Trey Turner is the fact that, hitting at the top of their lineups or near the top of their lineups. Robert a little different because I think he's going to get a chance to drive in um, Tim Anderson, who I, I, I've, I've stopped giving up on. He's just going to hit 320. It doesn't matter the fact that he swings at every pitch that is thrown, even near him. Okay, great. It's There's too much proven thing here that he is going to hit for a high average. But with Robert, it's a little bit injury stuff. I think calling him injury prone is silly because – He was perfectly fine in 2020. It's not his fault that there was a shortened season. He has dealt with a little bit of stuff. And the fact that I do not love the bottom of the White Sox lineup. I like the top of it quite a bit. I don't love it. I really dislike the bottom of the Dodgers lineup right now. Like, there is an underrated bad bottom of a lineup right now. Like, this team has been so good over the last few years. Now it's not great. And I think Mookie Betts is going to contribute in every other category just fine. But it wouldn't shock me if he did what Mike Trout did to a lesser extent, where he hit 40 home runs and drove in 80 runs. I could see Mookie Betts being that guy who hits 30 home runs and drives in 70. It's not terribly common, but I do not love that situation for Betts, at least in terms of the RBI category. Ryan, real quick before you close, do you agree with that? Now, breaking news, Chris hates Mookie Betts. Yeah, I um, hate Mookie Betts. Bad bowler. Yeah, the bottom of the lineup is uh, Miguel Vargas is probably going to hit in the bottom third. We 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 like him, but yeah. I think he could move up very yeah. very quickly. And a, around him would be is projected to be Miguel Rojas and Trace, Trace Thompson. Yeah, um, I'm in love with it. Yeah, so I'm with you. You know, I think the – Mookie Betts, very much like Trey Turner, could be, almost certainly will be, an elite fantasy contributor. I think he could still return first-round value, but he just might be a little lacking in that RBI category. Let's never do this again. (laughs) Let's never fade RBI people again, because it's just not their fault, and it makes us sound like just, (laughs) I hate the term hater, but it does make us sound a little bit like haters uh that's gonna do it for us thanks again to our sponsors underdog fantasy and fat tracks we really appreciate their support 
You can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. And you can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned tomorrow. Drew and I are going to go over the saves category, which is just as exciting to talk about. We really appreciate the support. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.